0: This is Hi-Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hardell.
1: Toronto's News, Today's Talk, 640 Toronto. Welcome to the weekend, and thank you for spending some time with Jack and I. Uh, Hi-Fi Radio, it is a show about money. Um, work, save, invest, repeat. Work, save, invest, repeat. Work, save, invest, repeat. Yes, that's what you must do for about 25 or 30 years. And... Uh, Good God. I asked Canada Pension Plan for my uh, statement of contributions. It's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be unveiling the uh, scam uh, that is taking place here in Canada to all of us uh, that we don't talk about. Uh, I'm mean, running some math for you folks and talking about that, but... Uh, Yes, work, save, invest. And I said 25 years, but good golly, I've already been working for 40 years. And I, of course, like most of you started working when I was in high school, a little part-time job, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, it's remarkable when you pull up the statement of contributions to your pension. uh, You you see when you actually first began working. Um, It takes me back, but also says to myself, boy, does time ever fly. And, uh, you know, if you're Warren Buffett, you know, you're getting long in the tooth, but I'll tell you, Warren Buffett is going to make a lot of money this year. What do you think, Jack? How much money do you think uh, Warren Buffett's net worth, although it's all been donated to char- Earmark for Charity, but well, the charity will benefit. Uh, how much of a benefit do you think Buffett, Jack's got his pen out here uh, this year alone? What well, what's your guess? Sorry,
2: how much money yeah. he's going to make his yeah. net worth is going to increase yeah. by this year? Yeah. Uh, well, you asked me a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to stand by my number. Actually, I might increase it a little bit. Uh $13 billion?
1: $13 billion. Yeah. I'm, just uh, taking, uh, t- I'm taking 10%, 10% of yeah, what 10, he's got. Yeah, so that, that sounds... About, it. But isn't that incredible? If the, to be able to you know, see your net worth increase by $13 billion in 12 months. Okay, a, a billion a month? Oh, my God. $250 million a week. $50 million a day. That's the math. You want to get there? Turn up your radio. Uh, I'm delighted to introduce Richard Davis. Um... He's been on the show many a times. He's a former analyst with Canaccord. He's a very, very dear friend of mine, an absolute sweetheart and a genius. And, uh, you know, when I tell industry folk on Bay Street that Richard Davis is joining us on our show, they get very excited. Uh, Rob Young, uh, our head of research... uh, Good, big fan of Richard Davis. Uh, our Vitale
2: from, uh, from TD. TD yes. Big,
1: big fan of Richard Davis and uh, Vitale. Uh, Richard, uh, as we took him out for lunch once, and he's a friendly competitor. Uh, he yeah. said, "Oh my God, you know Richard Davis. Oh my God, that man trained me. Oh my God, he's the smartest Aww. man in research. Oh my God." He's under 30, oh. of course, so uh, he likes, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> but go. but uh, okay. kudos oh. to you, Richard, you know. Um well, thank you. Your reputation oh. precedes you. Uh, and I'm flattered, well, uh, always, honestly. To, always to, happy. Yeah. Always
0: happy to be on here. Talking well, to, talk yeah. to my pals.
1: Yeah, that's nice. Well, Richard is in Boston. Um, he was with uh, Unity Software last we spoke to him. It's a graphic imaging, uh, really cool software used by... Virtually anyone doing video and graphics these days. But uh, since then, he's moved on uh, to now become vice president of strategic finance uh, for a company called UKG. It's a private company that, well, gobbled up a couple of Public companies, companies that Richard Davis actually followed, one being Kronos and the other being Ultimate Software. Give us, if you don't mind, Richard. That's quite fascinating because you know we, we always always hear about the next IPO um, and when there's you know there's a big brand IPO coming to market, people get excited. Uh, but this is the reverse of that. This is that public company going private, uh, which is contrary to what you know uh, growth and size and scale and public markets are all about. Explain that to us.
0: Sure. Yeah. So. Um you know, the, the company's a combination of two companies. Uh, one is, is a company called uh, Kronos, which is – think of Kronos as a company that helps you schedule your workforce. And then Ultimate Software – so Kronos was taken private in 2007. And uh, Ultimate Software was taken private in 2019. And that ultimately basically helps you pay, manage, and promote your employees. So the combination – Hopefully it's something like uh peanut butter and jelly or whatever good combination you want to call it. That's the, good one. the two kind of compli two kind of complement each other. So so that's really what uh what the company does. It's 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 relatively large. It's a um you know, north of four billion in revenue, so it's one of the largest uh wow. privately held software companies in the world. And um yeah, and so we're uh you know, kinda of trying to build a good company with good corporate culture and it's and those kind of things and you know. Who knows? Someday, maybe it goes public, but you know, with no plans to do so right now. But right now, it's uh, I'm learning a lot about the debt markets because it's uh, funded by you know various forms of term debt and things like that. So I'm kind of checking that box. You know, so it's interesting.
1: Did like, you see that story that was sent to us by our branch manager two days ago, Jack Kevin I Van? Did, yeah, Procter it, and it, Gamble. It, 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 go go ahead. You, you you read probably read in the weeds for more than I did. Talk about that and how that part is and what Richard's talking about. Please,
2: I say companies now are issuing a lot of corporate debt. Uh, because spreads and uh, go into the weeds here a little bit, how much uh, government debt or the debt costs over government is relatively cheap. So right now, investors are seeking long-term, long duration because they expect rates to fall. So companies of the likes of Johnson and Johnson, Procter and Gamble, high-quality businesses are issuing a lot of debt uh, because there's an appetite for it in the market.
1: And so, how are you finding uh, the debt market respond to your needs for more capital?
0: Richard, well, that's uh, that's that's exactly kind of what we're we're doing, you know. Right now, we're in the middle of uh, issuing some term debt to, to replace some debt that we had, so it's not incremental debt. But that's exactly right, and. Uh, you know so far so good, but uh, yeah. And what kind of
1: a I spread then? Right. I me, I yeah. want to go back to Jack's to term and to, to yeah. help the audience learn something here about something yeah. called spread uh, spread for yeah. risk. And what that means is the government debt is the safest of debt, and that's as low as the rate can get. So, if, if once you leave government debt and you enter anything else, provincial, municipal, corporate, um, high rate, uh, uh, high yield, etc., the, the spread widens, you pay. More. No different than a second mortgage and a third mortgage and, and car loan and, and stuff like that. So what kind of a spread uh is a company like yours having to um absorb over government debt when you're looking to borrow some money, Richard?
0: Yeah, usually those things it it ranges between kind of two and three percent above government's uh-huh. government rates, depending on the duration, right? So yeah. if you're doing a five year deal, you know, five year duration it would be the five-year debt, you know, the five-year government bond rate plus two to three percent. So See,
1: you're talking and, about five-year uh, debt around six and a half percent or so, seven percent.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: Huh. So, so yeah, the, you know, the,
1: the debt market yeah. is is an incredible market. I, um, it, it's it's opaque. Um, it it lacks liquidity. It lacks transparency. Uh, it's old school uh, the way it operates. Um, yeah. It's not a true market. The, you know, bond desks will hold paper. The less now than ever. Um, and it is a, uh, to, to access the debt market, the Canadian debt market, Richard, is beyond thin. There is no Canadian debt market no, beyond the government. You, and you don't, you're you laughing, but you're right. right. I guess the biggest right. debt market is in the United States, isn't it? The global debt market, corporate, yes. wise totally. It'd be the United yeah, States. For sure. so that they like makes, their debt. They, well, yeah, <laughs> and, and they do debt. You guys do debt well. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but it, it is a relatively inefficient, opaque market. And as you said, in Canada, like in 2020, uh, when COVID hit, I'm gonna say the government bond market even shut down, so it was very difficult to for to find buyers and sellers trade, and yeah. match. Yeah, so trading was difficult. Um, the debt that you're looking at, uh, Richard, is it variable rate debt? Because a lot of the time, private equity funds uh, their debt financing through through variable rate debt, and is that the case with you? Expecting rates to potentially fall?
0: No, we on this one we're just extending, and it's a fixed rate in this case. I think you know we probably have some some variable rate, but most of it's fixed.
1: So yes, yeah, so Richard, when you so if you're resetting again, I just want people because the, 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 everyone at home who has a mortgage uh, is worried about refinancing their mortgage. Uh, they were getting it at one and a half percent, now they have to pay you know in and around five or six percent, uh, or even higher. Uh, what kind of change of rate uh, are, are, is is a corporate world witnessing today? Uh, your previous five year paper, what was it issued at versus what would it cost to uh, finance that debt today? Is I guess my question.
0: Yeah, I don't know specifically what it is, but I do know that the new rate is lower than it was. Right, so you know the the thesis there is is rates have come down, and then for the buyers they're looking at it like okay, well this is a you know sounds like an interesting opportunity. And if if inflation does start to, you know, come down, then this is a way to, for them to lock in a reasonably good return in, in a company that, you know, I'm biased, but I think is, you know, very stable and plenty of cash flow and all those good things that would make for a good credit. So it's kind of a hopefully a win-win, you know, we get lower rates, the buy, you know, the buyers of the debt get a decent return, and uh, you know everyone goes away happy.
1: Yeah, it's, it's amazing because the, the the world of um, human resources has so radically changed, Richard, since COVID. Uh, you know, the demands uh, by employees uh, has never been higher. The amount of flexibility and power an employee has today has never been higher. Uh, just, just, just phenomenal. And so, being able to better manage and service and lead uh, is obviously very important. That's obviously what your company is doing a very, very good job of. I want to stay in the debt market for a second. I was just chatting with Jack on the way to the studio uh, about you know mortgages themselves and how we spoke about uh, spoke about high, big, fat mortgages two years ago, uh, where the backdrop was real estate's at an all-time high, garbage homes are are a million dollars. The only saving grace is you can finance them at one and a half or 2%. So when you make your very first mortgage payment, uh, the amount of the principal that you are paying off is about 75% of your overall monthly payment. Richard, you remember, I know you do, that when you bought your first home, probably the same time I bought my first home, and interest rates were double-digit. For the first five years of the amortization schedule, 90% of your money serviced debt. In other words, it just went to pay back interest. Well, guess what? Uh, that flipped around uh, when interest rates went to zero, but we're almost right back there now. Today, if you take out a new mortgage with a 25-year amortization schedule in the first five-year period, 75% of your monthly payment is going towards servicing debt, 25% towards building equity. If interest rates come down, uh, about what was Drew saying, about one and a half, two 2%, Jack?
2: Yeah, down to about the 3% level.
1: If we get back to the 3% level, we'd be at a point where your first monthly mortgage payment is 50-50, half interest, half principal. But it was incredible, Richard. Two years ago, with interest rates being at 1.5%, how you were building equity with your very first uh, mortgage payment to the tune of about 90%. So although your, your overall purchase price was very high, you were at least building equity from day one. Whereas when I bought my first home, I wasn't, I was just basically servicing debt. Uh, we're talking to Richard Davis, uh, VP of strategic finance for a very interesting software tech company. That's, uh, about uh, human resource management companies called UKG. Uh, Richard is in Boston. He's a, uh, tech analyst, formerly, uh, a partner with Jack and I at Canaccord, uh, he uh, moved on to greener pastures, and, but continues to be a very, very smart man, obviously, and a good friend of ours, uh, a friend of Hi-Fi Radio. It's a show about money. It's a show to help you build wealth, work, save, invest, repeat for 25 years, and then you get to play, pay, and invest. Yes, when you retire, you get to play, but and you got to pay, uh, but you got to also continue to invest your money. That's what this show is all about, helping you through the life cycle. Isn't that fun? Stay tuned.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment on 640 Toronto. Making your way in the world today takes everything you've got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away?
1: Welcome back. We're going to take a trip to Boston, hang out with our former analyst uh, in the land of technology, Mr. Richard Davis. Uh, Richard, Jack just pointed out to me, uh, but a year ago, uh, you sent Jack and I an email, uh, that got Jack extremely excited for very good reason. It was an email on artificial intelligence. So probably one of the most detailed first email we ever got on artificial intelligence, courtesy of you. um, In November, December of this year, we brought a psychic on the show for fun, uh, good fun, Uh, intuition expert, she called herself, and her intuition is AI is going to be extremely hot this year. Uh, So let's talk about the world of AI, if we may have a little bit of fun with it, Richard. Sure. What's going through your mind with AI as you take in and digest all the current information available to you right now. Uh, What do you make of it i.e., and the potential of it in the next three to five years?
0: Yes. It's, uh, it's funny that you asked. So over the, uh, you know, the holiday season in December, instead of, uh, I guess, instead of watching Oppenheimer and whatever flower moon or whatever it is, six hours of stuff, I took three classes on Coursera uh, on prompt engineering for large language models. So I actually I would hear all these people say, Oh, AI is going to do this, that, or the other. And I suspected, correctly, I think, 75% of those people have never even used it. So, what the answer to your question is, it's fascinating. And so, think of it really what it is, is a it's like an intern for you who has no object permanence. And, and what I mean by that is you have to be very explicit at the questions you're going to ask this you know, the large language model. And the problem is, is after you've stopped that process and then come back the next day, this intern doesn't remember anything you said before. So it's, it's super helpful. It can summarize things quickly. It can write chunks of text, but the text is not great. I mean, it's maybe 70% okay. And you could kind of edit it, but it's a, I think it, really the way to think of it is it's like an efficiency tool. So it's an intern that's pretty smart, but you have to be very, very specific.
1: You know, it's funny, uh, uh, a former broadcaster and uh, tech uh, enthusiast as well, uh, Michael Hainsworth, mm-hmm. uh, he's from BNN. He may have interviewed sure. before on BNN. Um, and he uses it, but he does the exact opposite. He first writes his material, then he gives it to, um, I guess, ChatGPT, yeah. Chat has mm-hmm. it edit it, and as it edits yeah. it, It learns his style so that the next time he gives it to chat, it gets better. Uh, So exactly, Exactly. it's his intern uh, that just really expedites process and gives him um, more efficiencies. But uh, beyond that, um, Richard, truly, five years, ten years, where do you see AI being most incorporated into our new lives?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think what it's really good at is, looking through all sorts of data and pulling out relationships and things that you and I might not have seen. So that's one thing it can do. And two, it can do very basic perfunctory stuff. That's just a pain in the neck to do like a cut and paste, a bunch of stuff. It can do that for you. So it'll mm-hmm. make you at the low end more efficient. And at the high end, you know, you may ask it, you say, here's a bunch of data. And you could say, here's my suppositions. I think it's one of three things that's happening here. But it could go through all that data and find you know, what you would call kind of orthogonal relationships that you might not have thought of. And so I think that's what it is. So it's the creativity and the perfunctory stuff. So it's kind of, if you think of it, it's almost like a barbell. But but kids that think they can use it for, oh, it'll do all my homework for me. Are going to be sadly
1: mistaken. Jack, didn't you speak to, to a professor at a college yeah. that spoke about that?
2: Uh... He recognizes them right away. So as soon as he sees it, yeah. it's done by ChatGPT, they get a big yep. zero. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Exactly. But one thing yeah. that Richard said there he said it's sort of it's an intern or someone that's starting out in their career. So the, 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 the difficulty that you have now is people gain experience at the beginning of their career. They do these, I'm going to say menial tasks, right? As they develop knowledge yep. and they develop experience. So, ChatGPT, uh, I see it, not just ChatGPT, but AI in general, replacing these repetitive tasks that typically people do. People learn through those yep. as well. So, that's a challenge it's for people entering yep. into the labor force. So, so,
1: so, Jack, you and I have a meeting coming up. A lady um, reached out to me uh, on LinkedIn and said, uh, Are you interested in learning how uh, AI can help you better pick stocks? Gada. Okay. I said. And so, back and forth, we went. And then, But the meeting that she set up with mm-hmm. me ended up being a Zoom meeting, which I. Didn't know because uh, I'm old and want to just do a regular face-to-face meeting. So that delayed it by a week. But she's coming into our office. And I'm curious, Richard, what she's going to propose to me that her AI tool can do effectively in terms of my job, which is you know to, to, to screen for great companies that are going up in price and get out of problematic companies that are going down in price. What's your thought? How, how do you think I can use AI in my world? And uh, do you know of anyone who's packaged it well enough to make it user-friendly, Richard, for a man on Bay Street?
0: Yeah, so answer your the back end of your question, no, I don't know. I'm sure someone will, I suppose, but at this point, no. I don't know of anyone that's really come up with any great ideas. I mean, I mean, look, look what I, I remember when I first got in the business, I remember asking one of my companies I was following, I'd go, like, how come you don't pay as much attention to me as you do to these old guys that have been following you for a long time? And the CEO said, he goes, Richard, you can be as incisive as anyone, at your age, but you can't be—you can't have as much insight. And the thing that you get over that. a long period of time is insight. I love and, it. And I mean, maybe, maybe these large language models will get insight. Right now, they're incisive, but I would argue, at least my experience with them, is they're not terribly insightful. So those are two it, different.
1: They're very, very brilliant, uh, Richard. And you know, this is going to take me back to an old um, uh, story uh, of a boyfriend and girlfriend walking through the streets of Paris and uh, they came across a street artist and uh, the husband or the, the boyfriend said, would you like me to have your f- portrait drawn? And she said, absolutely. And so the lady sat in front of the artist and within about 15 minutes, he gave a beautiful sketch of the beautiful lady and handed it to the man and said, how do you like it? He said, absolutely love it. How much? He said, that's 50 franc. He said, 50 franc? It took you 15 minutes. He said, it took me my entire life. There you go. I love it. Yeah. That's great. Right. And I say to clients that, you know, Jack and I have never been better at what we do. Uh, you know, I've been a businessman for 40 years and I've been on Bay street for 22 years and I'm starting to learn something, Richard. Um, it's beginning. That's how yep. I feel. It's beginning. Uh, we've actually built a quant model in our office, uh, Richard. You like this, and if you ever get this back to Toronto, I really want to show this to you. Um, I'd love to see it. it, it and, but Richard, it's working. I, I, I kid you not. Yeah. It is working. Uh, we've taken the S and P 500. We've screened it down for capital efficiency by by capital efficiency factors, mainly uh, EV to EBITDA, simple, and return on invested capital, mm-hmm. simple. A couple others as well. I don't give my full recipe on air. Uh, so we screened the S and P down to 200 companies, and then from there we put it into another tool called it's a momentum tool SAA charts which is measuring through point and figure charting relative strength of stock A to stock B and the stock with the most strength is at the top and the stock with the least strength is at the bottom and then so we're using that as our exit strategy and using a blend as our initial purchase strategy but uh, you know it's taking the emotion out of the trading um, and following a system uh, again 95% is is hard to do but it, it takes me to the other thing Richard you know we have found the enemy, and it is I. <laughs> but isn't that the truth yep. often, Richard? I mean, aren't we often yeah, the biggest totally. enemy of our success? Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, it's
0: what's the old line: is the the best buys are the hardest sells, in the in the sense that it's hard to convince you. If you feel, you know, nervous when you buy something, it you know perhaps it's the right thing to do. But if everyone else is doing it and it's an easy buy, oftentimes that's. The the worst time
1: to do it. So, do you, do you feel the market right now, Richard, is climbing a wall of worry? Totally. Yeah. Yep. And that, that's totally. the, re, re, Jack wrote that in one of our most recent um, notes to clients and uh, really registered yep. with one of our clients is making a lot of sense. And and he's, he's now parlaying that back into the real estate market because that real estate market in Toronto is um, discombobulated. Uh, okay. it, it, no, it's just so discombobulated. Tight supply, strong demand, high financing costs, no activity going on. Uh, big disparity yeah. in terms of price uh, uh, price and offer uh, or bid and offer, shall I say. Uh, cra- crazy. Crazy times, Richard. How do you think the year's going to unfold, business-wise? And again, you have a new uh, potential. Um, well, no, you do. You have a new president coming to term, and the world thinks it's going to be Mister. Donald Trump. Mm. Way to go, Richard. Well, good news. The good news
0: is, is you know, after we vote for him, we don't have to have any more elections. So it'll be great. You're right. It will be. It will be your
1: last election if he gets in. You will not have another election. <laughs> exactly. Oh, goodness. Less, well, we survived, you, you survived successfully the, the last round uh, of four oh, no. years with, with oh. Trump. It's incredible. The world really is scratching its head at that one. Oh, no. uh, well, way. we'll see on that, but uh shouldn't be too political. But anyway. No, Richard, yeah, if I, I mean, may, the, the, the war in yeah. Ukraine, what's your opinion there? Because yeah. uh, technology has been a huge, yeah. huge influencer in the Ukrainians yeah. standing up against um, the evil yeah. empire, shall I say. Yeah. partly that into you know the world of, of of AI. Sure,
0: I mean, look, those it's it's made it so that what I think they call it asynchronous uh, combat, but it allows you to uh, you know a small company, a small country, to or small groups of people to fight off you know masses of uh you know tanks coming across the the planes you know, and uh, coming at you. So I think it's uh, I think it's changed a lot of things. It has to have awoken... Uh... China has to be like, man. I don't know if we really want to inv- invade Taiwan. If this is what it's going. to oh, be Well, that's an like, interesting so. statement.
1: That's always been one yeah. of Jack's burning yeah. worries. Of, of you know what keeps you up at night. Yeah. That that one keeps Jack up at I night see. a little bit. Yeah, me too. I have a glass of wine. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I will yeah, say, I Wolf. That. There's always geopolitics. There's Ukraine. There's Trump. Yeah. There's concerns there's always, about Taiwan. Yeah. There's always something. And if you, uh, we talked about it on the way to the show. Wolf, getting started yeah. is yeah. one of the most important things you can do as an investor. Yeah, and yep. save regularly.
1: Well, yeah. Exactly. We work save invest, repeat. Uh, Slow, steady Eddie wins the race. I know who the enemy is. It is I. I can give you a hundred reasons right now why not to invest. Uh, Guess what? Market's going higher. All right, how about that? Uh, who is right? The market's right. So here we are, Richard, uh, the Dow new all-time high, yep. the S&P yep. new all-time high, the Nasdaq about what 6% away, so it still has it's going to, it, it will go, I believe. And Toronto yep. about 10% yep. away. Uh so yep. again, you got these indexes still trying to best their highs and that's all part of climbing that wall of worry. Um yep. what about a recession, Richard? Recession think, or no recession? Uh, you know-
0: I think if if anything it'll be very mild. I I doubt it'll even happen. So I think uh I think we're on the other side of that that's that uh, hill. I mean don't get me wrong, there's been segments of the economy that have gone through recessions. You talked about commercial real estate. Well for sure they went Ooh. into a recession. Oh yeah.
1: Office? Oh, um, you know, awful. All the
0: all the look, all of the a lot of the big tech companies in twenty two went through at least a stock oh, price oh, recession. Yeah. And so and so now they're you know, they're all going on their Ozempic diets in terms of Head counts, so uh, you know. So we'll see how that plays out.
1: But, but tech certainly is hot. Um, boy, the yeah, Nasdaq it's hot. Does it have legs? Does tech have some legs this year? I mean, I it, I think it should. I think
0: the thing that, and I haven't had much time to do much work on it, but what I would look for is to try to figure out who the next Magnificent Seven are, who the new comp- uh, components of that. Because if you, the reason that. Like the S&P 500 oftentimes is not a bad thing to own. is because it's always recycling, right? So IBM, I'm sure was in the S&P, you know, one of the great companies for a long time falls out and then a new company comes in. So if you can find those new companies, the ones that are on the cusp, you know, sitting just off stage, that's where you, I think you can make some money. So decent size cap and maybe your screen finds those companies as well. But that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. I mean, you know, So that's that's what I would look for.
1: Richard Davis, uh, what a man. Uh, From Boston, uh, land of tech, well-known, so young at heart. uh, we got decades of radio uh, to do with this young man, and I am very excited about that. Thank you very much, Richard. Uh, You're welcome. We're going to talk ski, maybe sea as well, with Wally Crowder's little boy, Glenn Crowder. Glenn Crowder, of course, is uh, now on 640 Weekly, talking about uh, travel and ski. And, uh, well, I've known this man for about four, about as long as I've been paying you to CPP. How about that? It's Hi-Fi Radio, show about money. We want you to have lots of it. Turn up your radio and stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Don't go anywhere. There's more Hi-Fi Radio in a moment.
1: On 640 Toronto. That's a beautiful song, eh? Yep, it makes me think of ski. Bon ski, mon ami! It's a show about money. And skiing requires a lot of that, oh my goodness me, the price of lift tickets today. Uh, you want to get around to the big pricey lift tickets, there's now this thing called an Icon Pass. Uh, pretty interesting. Uh, I'm always leery buying stuff on the net, even when these, these pass, you don't know if it's legit or not, but uh, anyways... Icon Passes are good. And certainly if you travel. And uh, I one day do want to get to uh, Colorado and ski in um, Aspen. Uh, I've not skied Aspen before. I want to feel like Hunter S. Thompson for a few days. And, uh, you know, brush shoulders with the Kardashians. Like, you know, they're my kind of people, right? <laughs> hey, Jack, can you see me hanging out with the Kardashians? That'd be kind of fun. Uh, i got to get you skiing one day. Um, but no, I'll never play hockey with you. I'm never on on the ISV. But you can come skiing with me one day, Jack. But
2: yeah, i got to start in the bunny hills, Wolf. It's been a long time. you will be
1: natural. You'd be natural. You'd have no trouble with it.
2: Um, you know uh i'm getting i'm
1: 58 uh, i continue to ski it's my kids who motivate me to ski now i'm not as keen as i used to. i've been skiing for about 45 50 years actually 53 years i'd say i started about four or five uh, i love the sport just so passionate about the sport um it's a lot of hit and miss with the conditions of snow and uh, i know lack of snow in canada has been a complete bane to the industry this year um, even in Ontario, it's just awful. in eastern townships struggling. Uh, Worcester, uh, water galore, rain galore. And that's going to affect power prices too, eh, Jack? Uh, lack of mountain runoff will make power prices higher uh, in Alberta and, and uh, British Columbia. They're going to be importing prices or importing power from the United States. Uh, yeah, the grid, the grid, the grid. As we go more EV. But uh, this is, every year Warren Miller films would come to town. I'd watch them at the old, um, uh, what's it now called? The Sony Center, I think it is. Uh, Young and um, Wellington, uh, just. Yeah, they, uh, Sony, Sony Center, Center yeah. yeah. Warren Miller would do his annual film. Uh, I used to help him promote that, uh, and it got the ski season started. Uh It was fabulous. But and they always spoke about the ski bumps like a real skier never paid to ski. A real skier got to travel the world, hitchhike around, act like a bum, be a bit of a hippie, and ski for free. Always jealous. Now I worked in the music business. I get to. I used to see concerts for free but i was i want the one two punch where i could see music for free and also see and ski for free uh couldn't do it but i know a guy who could uh yes he's a little boy of legendary wally crowder wally crowder your parents guaranteed listen to wally crowder you may have listened to wally crowder and uh, iconic voice in toronto and cfrb for decades well his son um you know, apple tree, sort of. Uh, I think you had a lot more fun than you did. Uh, anyway, let me introduce Mr. Glenn Crowder uh, to Fi Radio, who's uh, live from Switzerland. Glenn, thank you and welcome.
3: You bet. Yeah, well, 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 you, you hit uh, a number of things right on the head there about lack of snow, uh, all sorts of things. But I'll tell you what, they have a lot of uh, the places have picked up snow now. Now, Whistler, that's a different story. But did you post on Facebook or Instagram?
1: Uh, sorry, uh,
3: your standing post? in the rain. I couldn't believe it.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm watching your post right now. You are in Switzerland right now. Blue skies, um, fabulous-looking snow, uh, and the 100th anniversary of a Chamonix. Um, I proposed, by the way, to my beautiful bride at the time and wife now, Kathleen, in Trois Okay. Um, so, yeah, so that was just a, and I, I remember being, you know, I'll tell you a funny story about, uh, French, um, French hospitality. Uh, so I'm at the top of, uh, Trois Vallée. It was a, you know, maybe plus two degrees, just blue skies. Hundreds of people just having a cappuccino, a croissant, a little tart, enjoying life. And I just proposed to my wife. I wanted to get a bottle of champagne, and uh, no service, no service, no service. And I finally saw a waiter halfway across the uh, the patio, and I waved to him, you know, trying to get his attention. He just waved back and said, "Hey, hello," and ignored me for another ten minutes. (laughs) 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 Oh boy, oh boy, they got it down in spades. So, uh, Glenn, how did you do it? You, You you've never worked. I remember hearing you do ski. Rep- you know, you never worked. I used to hear you doing ski reports with Don Burns uh, on CFNY Radio, uh, and Don had yeah. so much fun with you. Uh, God, rest yeah, God rest his soul. God rest his soul. But you just played your entire life. So that's what I say, you know, your you're dad, I think, very proud of you. Uh, though you said, he probably said, I wish my son took himself a little more seriously.
2: Oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, he believe me, he had his fun uh, along the way too. My father was never shy. That's why they called him Mr. Toronto, right? Uh, because he not only had the pulse of the city he had the pulse of the people. And uh, that's why they loved him so much. They really did. It was a pretty cool. Guy. Man, and you know what, he's my dad, so I we listened to him on the radio in the morning and I knew at 8 o'clock, if the thing is my I'm going to give somebody hell in the
1: family. <laughs> oh, that's why <laughs> <laughs> You're breaking up a little, bit it's on here, Glenn. Uh, uh, telecom in Europe has never been as good as a telecom uh, here in North America. Hey, by the way, you're you're, you're on uh, 640 uh, with, I guess, Ben Mulrooney. Uh, talk about that show a little bit, what you're up to. Yeah, Ben, uh,
3: I'll tell you what, I, I was totally taken back when I listened to Ben because obviously I've watched his career through, you know, E.T. and all those things, and then obviously Canada A.M. Uh, the guy is really knowledgeable, and he's really endearing. He's really engaging. Um, And it was just all of a sudden, Mike Van Dixon, our new uh, program director, uh, he just, uh, he started to said, listen, you want to do something when I've been doing this for 25 years and uh, at another station as well. And he also said, listen, that's fine. Maybe we got you over here. So that's how it started, just out of the blue. And I basically just traveled the world. And he knows it. As long as I can concentrate still on the local uh, angle, the local conditions and things, it's still cool. And it's a lot of fun. And Ben's great to engage with. He really is.
1: You know, Glenn, this, this is one for you. And Jack is all over... Um... Local newspapers. How many local newspapers have gone out of business? Uh, And and media now is digital, so we're getting the big, mean stories around the world jammed to us, so local news no longer is relevant. Uh, How are you keeping relevance in local news,
2: Glenn?
3: Well, yeah, I'll tell you that. Well, if it's a good question, because, um, you know, I'm keeping in touch with, I know, resort operators, because when we went through COVID, uh, I've been writing for the Toronto Sun now for about four years, so I we went through COVID. I went to every resort in Ontario, southern Ontario, obviously, and and did my live stuff. Did uh, reported on it, not only in on the radio, but also the fact I did it in the newspaper. And it's become so popular now in the Toronto Sun. I post weekly, and it now goes across the country on 52 post media websites, and we have two million views a day from total. So it's not just me, but it's the whole paper. So there is some sort of connection between. Web people, uh, they're, they're catching up, they're wondering what's going on, and I can give them some ideas what they, where they can travel and how much fun they can have as well.
1: Well, it's important when you're spending that kind of money, you want to sort of get it right. Uh, the show's Hi Fi Radio, it is a show about money uh, work, save, invest, repeat, and then play, pay, and invest. Yes. Hey, right? And and this Mr. Crowder guy, he's been playing and playing and playing and getting paid along the way. Oh, goodness gracious, he's got to figure it out. Uh, got to hang with him a little more. Uh, take a quick break. Get back with Hi-Fi Radio and our special guest, Mr. Glenn Crowder. Of course, my right-hand man, Jack Hartle, always by my side, here to help uh, better serve our lovely clients. Uh, quick break. Get back to the show. Stay tuned.
0: Don't go anywhere There's more hi-fi radio in a moment On 640 Toronto
1: Welcome back I guess in the world of skiing We'd call it a yard sale Couldn't find that song So Wipeout worked guess that was a surfer tune uh, of the era, shall I say, of uh, the very young and athletic and fit and handsome Mr. Glenn Crowder, uh, who is in Switzerland as we speak, uh, has been traveling the world. You should follow this guy if you're into uh, the outdoors and uh, beautiful uh, scenery, uh, Glenn Crowder. Uh, some 4,000 followers on Facebook. That's pretty good. I'm getting just about to 40 myself. Glenn, uh, can I play catch All up right. with you? Yep. So uh, <laughs> please t- share with me, how do you get paid well,
3: that's something that we've figured out between the boss and myself. And, and, then, and let me tell you, when you talk about e- economics, and I understand this show is all about money and things, it is expensive to travel Europe. There's no ah. question. Now, I started, I started, I'm on this 10-day trek. I started in Mejiv. I started and rate a beautiful hotel right uh, downtown. Mm. Moved on to uh, Cormoyer. I had a beautiful, old, old chalet that they turned into a hotel. It was just fantastic. Nice. Um, so these are things that I look to. And those and this is what people know when you're traveling, you don't have to stay at the Hilton's, all those ones. You really get ripped off in those places sometimes. So you stay at the smaller ones where it's a mom-and-pop operation. You'll get amazing service. You may not have the fancy stuff, but nevertheless, you'll have a great, comfortable night, and they welcome you, and it's a lot of fun. Then I went on to Chamonix. Fantastic hotel, right downtown as well. So really enjoyed that. And then I've come over to Crans uh, Montana um, in Switzerland, and I'm staying in an old chalet. And this is how this is what they do. They organize it for you, and it's so cool. It's a beautiful old chalet that's huge. And the, the people that run it, this, uh, a mother and a father, and the kids are working here, too. So I just give a little tip. If you do come to Europe, try to look for the smaller places. They're really cute places. I'm not talking uh, B&Bs. I'm not talking those. These are just a little bit different. They are hotels and motels, but they're certainly worth the value for sure.
1: It's a lovely, lovely place to travel to, Europe. And uh, the food is better. The the people are just so interesting. And they really do, I pray, well. True or false, Glenn? I pray. Wow. Eh?
3: It's epic, epic, isn't it? <laughs> it is. We epic. don't have a and clue you know in
1: North America, but I And we only give you a one ounce shot of booze if you order a mixed drink. It's it's a criminal, uh, yes, eh? it hey? They they know how to pour drinks over there in in uh, Europe. Oh, they do. And the vino they, is they so do. good. They do. And you know, hmm. you don't you
3: don't tip over here, Wolf. You don't I know. You know. And I how I about tipping on tax? tax
1: seriously? Eh? Oh yeah, you I get the machine twenty two percent plus tipping on that tax. Thanks for that. Yeah,
3: I know. It's, it's a true. scam. But,
1: I I feel guilty. I remember I was in. Spain and my wife and I went to a cafe, outdoor cafe, and these young fella served us so brilliantly well. And I I went to pay him, give him a tip, and the credit card came and I tapped and said, Well, there's no button for tip. And he walked away. And, you know, I I felt so guilty. And I said, I'm sorry, I never gave you tip. He said, No problem. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. We don't, you know, we don't expect any tip. You know, it's just a little extra if you haven't. No problem. Here, if you give them 15%, they snub their nose at you.
3: It's so true, and you know what I do? I do exactly. I take cash. I bring cash. Obviously, I have credit cards as well, uh, but I'll bring cash just to throw it on the table. They never say no. They'll pick it up, um, and it's not an embarrassment for them. But nevertheless, I always make sure I've got enough cash on hand. Um, like I had a, I had a fantastic uh, skier uh, instructor, a guide. He um, he took me, he drove me around for a couple of days when we were over in uh, in Chamonix, and I'm not kidding. This guy was fantastic. He's on the French national ski team, so could he ski? Unbelievable. Wow. And I gave him a $50 tip at the end of it. He just nearly oh, took out the oh, gondola.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it, they just do things differently in Europe. Um, and I'm going to have to say, for the most part, better. Uh, so, so, Glenn, how long have you been reporting on ski conditions? Uh, I, I guess it's four or five decades?
3: It, it, well, we're going on probably three at least, for sure. Back to the CFNY days, as you remember. Uh, that's something that we did for sure. And I enjoyed that. We've gone to another couple other stations and never really left it. And I, you know, we did, we had a really good gig going back in the days. Well, uh, the guys from Q107, myself and some other stations, we all got together and had a lot of fun. We also had boats in the summer. So we did summer reports on some of these boats. I had a 40 foot, uh, offshore race boat that literally went a hundred miles an hour, a thousand horsepower. So these guys, and finally all the bosses caught on and said, okay, you guys are having way too much fun on our dollar. So they took the boats away, so the summer reports were gone. I continued with the winter report, and it just ended up to be uh, continuing on now for sure.
1: Yeah, they, they do eventually take the fun out of uh, cool industries. It just unfortunately happens. Uh, I guess all the fun right now is in, in, in uh, Silicon Valley or the land of tech or the land of AI. Um, I remember they're speaking about the Gen X uh, generation uh, who you know making statements that they never paid and they were at work all the day in dirty clothes and you know disenfranchised. Well, look, look at where they are today. Uh, you know, yeah. th- th- things do change. Um, tell me something about business. Uh, tourism is a big part of uh, Canadian. Canadian GDP. Uh, you know, I, I say Canada, unfortunately, from a business point of view, doesn't do a lot of things well, but we do tourism well and we have the Rocky Mountains. So we have some of the finest skiing in Canada, in, in the world, I shall say out west. Um, different, of course, in Europe, but still some of the finest. Uh, it's been a tough season uh, and COVID, uh, you know, just coming out of COVID and finally getting a bit of a, a footing in their business uh, and to get hit with the, uh, the bad snow conditions. Uh, what's, what's your take from a business point of view?
3: Well, there's no question, and I'm in touch with all the tourism boards. I work with all the tourism boards around the world. They invite me here. Uh, they take care of me here. They get me set up with guides and things. And I'll just tell you that, that it's it's coming out. It's coming out um, uh, in the sense that they're starting to see more and more people uh, arriving in Europe for sure. Now, I was at Kicking Horse about a month and a half ago. Yeah, I saw we that. Had- great uh, great, great, great yeah. ski resort. Yeah. Yeah, and we had some incredible snow. We had about a foot of powder uh, on the four days that I was there. So, you know, the snow is coming. But here in Chamonix, or in in Switzerland, they had pouring rain three days ago. Pouring rain to the point where it was just disgusting. It washed a lot of the, the, uh, the, the snow away. Now, thank goodness, the night after, they had lots of snow come back. But nevertheless, a lot. It seems to be a way of the world, Wolf. I don't know what's going on. No, but, global
1: warming. Uh, that's what it is. And the other one is uh, again sledding, right? Skidoo's, and we of course uh, make the finest skidoo in the world through our company, Bombardier. Um, but yeah. I think sledding is is, is hurting. Yeah. Any comment on that, Jack?
2: Well, oh, absolutely. It's, it's a seasonal, uh, very tight season for sledding. Very tight. And I'm going to say the ice conditions are a big component right. of that. And so the ice the isn't lakes. even safe right now. So you now. can't go on the lakes. It's just the trails. But even the trails go through swamps and, and the lakes. So it's right. just not a good season at all.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a tough one. And, uh, well, I'm curious. Uh, well, what's your take in terms of weather forecast, Glenn? Why not? We'll, we'll, we'll let you be the weatherman for about 12 seconds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, we got to sell this type of winter. What type of summer do you think we're going to have? And uh, how is that going to affect tourism, uh, both in Europe and in, uh, in Canada?
3: Well, interesting you brought that up because they're saying now in Europe, it's getting to the point where the summers are almost busier than they are in the winters. Now, winter here in, in the main resorts like Crans uh, Montana, uh, Switzerland, it's still very popular because um, in, the, in the winter because it's a destination. And, and I was talking to the guys out west and with Kicking Horse and, uh, and all these places like Golden.
1: Golden BC. Yeah. yeah,
3: they're even seeing more people coming out in the summer. Than they are coming out for the winter. Different demographics. Yeah, Banff is like that. Banff
1: is much busier in the summer than the winter, uh, for sure. Absolutely,
3: absolutely. Uh, Golden BC, friends,
1: if you haven't been to Golden BC, what a beautiful, beautiful part of Canada. Um, It it, it really is. We we live in such a beautiful country. Uh, I can't say I like the climate. Uh, I hate the taxation. Uh, But the landscape, it's spectacular. Uh, Glenn Crowder, you're you're, you're spectacular. If you want to see Glenn uh, pick up the Toronto Sun uh, or tune into 640, uh, spend some time with him. Uh, Just a great, great guy, great Canadian, and uh, he'll help you ski better. Uh, Just tune in want well, to wish you a great weekend. Great. Thank you for all tuning in. Show about money. If you have any questions for Jack or I, it's uh, WolfgangKlein.com or the TheWolfOnBayStreet.com. Uh, Jack and I are here for you. No question too big. No question too small. We answer them all. Have a great weekend. Thank you.